This is your announcer Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. Yesterday, Slayer posted a teaser for something they're calling the end. I know it's probably just a farewell tour, but wouldn't that be neat if it was a death match versus the spider that bit Jeff Hanneman? You know you'd watch that. I'd even buy some spider merch. Go, spider, go. And now, here's the Metal Injection Livecast. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Tom, for uh, bringing us into the show with such power. (laughs) And uh, it is the Metal Injection Livecast. We are live. Do we have to pay Tom Araya to sing over our show theme? We should, but... I don't think we do. I think he has to pay us whenever that drop is used because Rob owns the domain of the TomMariahScream.com, doesn't he? Mm. Uh. I can't confirm nor deny that, yes, I do <laughs> own that domain, and it's a little button you press whenever life is getting you down, and just get a little Tom Mariah Scream. Can we hear that one more time? Sure. Does that site get still get a lot of hits? It gets hits. It gets a few thousand hits a year. I check it every yeah. once in a while. You don't promote it, though, anymore? No. Why I not? mean, like, uh, like promote it how? Just remind people it exists. Or put a babe of the day on it. <laughs> people will find it. Maybe a Tom of the day, just a different photo of Tom no, Ryan. No, it's just like a, bi- a photo of a bikini girl and then no, hit, like moving that. lips over it and then yeah. do the noise. Or like a, like a movie of like Chatterbait. <laughs> oh, oh right. now we're getting fit. Now we have a JavaScript applet uh-huh. that we're adding on. Oh, the yeah. Flex your web design muscles. Come no, on, No, it's man. a single-use website. Single-use. Just when, a button, what? Tom Mariah screams. That's it. When was the last time you updated it? Because it says Slayer's working on a new album. Is that accurate? Why is there oh. even Slayer news on the thing? <clears throat> oh, well, that doesn't sound la- like single use to me. It's very minimal. It's like just that, and then it says get the latest Slayer news here, and it goes to like the tag mm. on Metal Injection. Okay. That's well, Slayer. that's funny. So that update was probably from like four years ago right. or whatever. But it happens to be true again? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh. But they, they, I think they probably put out their last album. That last album was, I think, their last album. But what's Did you funny say is their last album you think was their last album? Their most recent release is most likely their last album. Uh, For a couple what, years, probably. Until we'll they see. get bored. But uh, I did actually have to recently move the server. Oh. oh. But I didn't actually read... I didn't like look at the website. I just moved it to see, like, oh, yeah, I should update this. I mean, but, most people don't go below the button anyway. Thanks for the heads up, yeah. Below the a, button early. Still works though. I, I, I was very proud of myself that a, a website that I coded at least five years ago still works fine. Oh very, yeah, it was looks great. Very proud moment for me. But what would go wrong? Like if you just don't touch it and it does what it does, yeah. what would? Well, it plays the, the just playing the song when you click the button. Oh, there I, there is one bug though. Uh-oh. It, there's a giant, ugly picture of Tom Araya right in the middle. <laughs> no, the bug is no, a that's spider. The, that's the feature. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bite you if you go on there. I should add, like, remember, like, those the old late 90s? Graphic. Yeah, crawling spider. Uh, that would be so insensitive. <laughs> or, like, cobwebs. <laughs> like, so if between uses, the cobwebs grow, so whoever signs in sees how long it's been since someone else signed in. Because mm-hmm. there's that many cobwebs from the spider. <laughs> 
Didn't we just pass like the anniversary of Jeff Hanneman's death? The anniversary? What are you throwing a party? I do. <laughs> May, May 1st is the. Oh, May 1st. Or like May 2nd. So okay. Mm-hmm. How's, how's the spider doing? Probably dead, right? We're like, what's the spider's How long do spiders live? Not long after they bite Jeff. (laughs) But it's a celebrity spider. So I would hope it got special treatment. It's in a habitat somewhere. Mm. Wait, you get special treatment if you kill a celebrity? Yeah, like, remember that Gila monster that bit Sharon Stone's husband? What? What? I don't know the story. I don't know the story. Her husband almost died because a Gila monster bit his What the hell is a Gila monster? It's It's a monster. It's bigger like, than a fucking spider, like but it's South a celebrity. Southwestern U.S. Uh, right? I gotta, how do you spell that even? G-I-L-A. G-I-L-A. Yeah. Sorry. You probably have a relative named Gila. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. it's a very Israeli sounding spider. That's my aunt, Gila. Gila. So I, Gila. I, I'm in Hollywood, and uh, <laughs> I see the Sharon Stone husband. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Whoa. Delicious. I'm not making I this li- up. It's Am a I? venomous it. lizard. Let yeah. me see this picture. Gilad monster. Looks like a fancy lizard. Now I have to look this up just to make sure I'm not. No, I hello. I'm showing it to you on my phone. No, that's just a Gilama. I know they exist. I'm just saying the Sharon Stone's husband. Oh, Oh, he's got like a little, uh, little, little Yarmulke on. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, she's religious, my aunt Gila. Oh, wait. The women wear uh, Yarmulkes. Well, I don't know what. I guess like that's the title or something. Oh, it was a Komodo dragon, not a Gila monster. It was a Komodo dragon. That throws off the whole Israeli joke. And it happened on June 11th, 2001, or at least that's the when this news story was posted. Oh, it's almost the anniversary of that. Sharon Stone says a Komodo dragon ate my husband. (laughs) 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 I wonder how much she paid that Komodo dragon. Uh, Wow. She made. Was she wait? Who is she married to? Was it like a celebrity guy or? Uh, hold on. Tommy Phil Lee? Bronstein, San Francisco Chronicle executive editor, Phil Bronstein. He's a nobody. Was treated at a pro- uh, tr- to a private tour of a reptile cage at the L.A. Zoo. He was in the Komodo dragon cage when he was bitten. We have a number of celebrities who want to go behind the scenes. And he had a fondness for these dragons, according to his wife. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. The reptile attacked his foot, almost severing his big toe. Fuck me. The damage was exacerbated by the fact that Bronstein was barefoot at the time. You fucking idiot. Why would you oh go God. in there barefoot? <laughs> oh. Idiot. He thought they were vegan uh, Komodo dragons. <laughs> but still, like, I'm sure there's poop all over Listen the place. Listen to this. Yeah. The editor had removed his white tennis shoes before entering the cage after learning that the lizard was fed on a diet of white rats and might confuse his feet for his next meal. Oh, my God. The Still did. Still did. <laughs> yeah, but then you would have just eaten your shoe, you dumb fuck. Wow. He must be real yeah. white then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, 213 uh, Wide Nut. Call us if you've ever been bitten by a Komodo dragon. I'm going to still choose to believe this is an Israeli Komodo dragon, <laughs> just to keep the joke. Like, going. also, would you go into a pit with a Komodo dragon? That no. guy did. Well, they aren't big, right? I mean, I mean, big enough. So Komodo dragons are carnivores. I, I just looked it up. So they eat meat. So. Well, yeah, it was a diet of white rats. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. just eating the fur and then leaving the rat to walk away. I'm just clarifying they are not vegan. There no, are no, no. There are no vegan. There probably are some now because it's such a trendy thing. <laughs> and if he was such a big fan of them, he really should have known that about them. Yeah. Hey, speaking of white rats, someone sent us a video oh, of uh, oh Aaron Lewis in the chat. Oh, oh, motherfucker. Wearing a Trump hat and singing some uh, song. Really? Is it from Huckabee? Isn't it from like the Mike Huckabee show? 
Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, before we play that, I just also want to clarify. Komodo dragon can, a male Komodo dragon can be as large as 200 pounds. So this dragon could have been bigger than this dude. Can you Google Mm. how big the Komodo dragon dick gets? Get some dick pics of a Komodo dragon? No, I will not have that in my Google search history. (laughs) It almost worked. Uh, So anyway, uh, let's do a private one. What is this, Aaron Lewis? Aaron Lewis on the Huckabee show. So, uh, wait, before we play this, so Huckabee is on this, like, Christian network, right? Like, One American Nation or something like that, or some network which is, like, only on Fios and DirecTV. And, like, you have (laughs) to have the Fios plan where you have every possible channel to get, you know, so it's, like, on, on, like, no homes, Mm -hmm. but then on YouTube. So go ahead. I think you better do it. Oh. It's in the chat, though. Having some internet uh, problems here. Here we go. If I were the devil. (laughs) For over 20 years, my next guest has been a musical trailblazer across multiple genres. I just want to point out also he had Brian Head Welch of Corn on a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. promoting his document, Welch's documentary. So there's great truth. There clearly Uh, has to be some sort of a hard rock fan on his talent booking committee. Because obviously it's not Huckabee requesting these people. Maybe he just wants to be more hip. You know, the best he can do is like stained. That's for sure what it is. Because he like but no, the best a he can do player. he can jam with these guys. Ugh. The best he can do is hire a booking agent whose best he can do is yeah, pick up yeah. stained. Right. Garnishing nine number one albums, selling over twenty-five garnish million. Yes, he took yeah, them and right. put parsley next to them. Records worldwide. <laughs> Lately, yeah. Or did he say work. tarnishing? Because that might be the most accurate. <laughs> that would be correct. Let's hear it. This guest has been a musical trailblazer trail. across multiple genres. Like, what trail two genres he blaze, And though? two like, genres. But are there other people where you're like, oh, that, that band's a stained ripoff? Like, well, what the trail trails? of failing as a rock musician and then settling for country because they're the only ones that will have you. Mm. And then performing all your shows sitting in a chair because you shit your pants frequently. Yeah. So you'd rather not stand up. And also, really, Darius Rucker is the trailblazer of the first thing. He did it before Aaron Lewis, right? I think. You're right. So. When you're right, you're right. Trail follow. Garnishing nine number one albums, <laughs> selling over 25 million. Fucking fat-ass Huckabee yeah, just always thinking about food. He can't even get his lines right. Well, that's not fat shame. He should be ashamed of everything. That's true. That's right, 25 million records worldwide. Fat? Lately, his solo work in country music has been... Turning the national. He's bottom well, heavy. the thing with him was, remember, I don't. Was it 08 the first time he ran for president? Yeah, something like that. So when he was governor of Arkansas, he was very heavy, and then he lost a bunch of weight. I don't know if he did stomach stapling or what for that mm-hmm. presidential run because they're like you're not electable if you're this obese. And then once he lost, he put on back on a bunch ah. of it. And, and I feel that. like he's always on these shows where you only see you know like a three quarter yeah. shot of just right. his right. chest, so you don't really There's, see. A full body yeah. shot of like. There's a famous a photo from maybe 10, 15 years ago. It's like a family photo uh, of his whole family. And they're all in like denim and they're all really just. It's it's truly one of the most. If you find the photo, it's, I can't even Google, do it justice. Google Mike Huckabee family. Okay. You'll know the photo. Yeah. And it's one of the most grossly American photos of all time. Like just he has three large adult sons. Mm-hmm. Large adult sons. Yeah. And uh, of course, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is like the model. There's a of dog. The, the dog's heavy also. Ew. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. 
This guy looks like Louis Anderson almost. He does. Which one? The, the one, one on top. Yeah. The top. The top. And and uh, they killed, one of them killed a dog, right? One of those large adult sons. Was that was that them or Mitt Romney? Romney's family left a dog on the roof. No, or something. Mike Huckabee's son killed dog. Let's see what that says. I think he just oh, yeah. ate it. It is it is the the one on top. He was really hungry. <laughs> well, let's see, let let's see this. Aaron Lewis. If the I music the industry upside down. With his very honest and soul-searching story songs that honor the sounds of Keith Whitley, Johnny Cash, and Waylon Jennings. Would you please make? I love that. Like they're like, how does our over seventy-five audience relate to Aaron Lewis, Johnny Cash? You know, like. But seriously, has anyone heard of Keith Whitley? I don't know who that is. I've never heard that. Let's look it up. I bet Leroy knows. I bet Leroy has all of his records on vinyl. No doubt about it. Not colored vinyl, it's though, probably. Keith Withy. Oh, he's dead, first of all. Come. I think. Aaron Lewis. Well, we didn't kill him. Aaron's happy to have you here. He sings <clears> Don't Close Whitley. Your Eyes when you say nothing at all. Is that familiar? No. Love that he has the Trump hat on. He's like yeah. preaching to the choir. Keith Whitley? <laughs> Aaron Lewis. So it was prescient. It was 1989 that he died. I know about your long career <laughs> in the rock band Stained. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> Something happened. Aaron he Lewis sounds said, like the announcer from the Nirvana in Bloom video. <laughs> Here they are, Nirvana. That's, well, he's doing that guy in that video is doing Ed Sullivan. So oh, this well. he said the Huckabee kind of sounds like Ed Sullivan. <laughs> we have a really big show tonight. <laughs> I'm going country. So uh, I really, I went back to my roots. Is what I did. The stuff that I grew up on was was Willie and Waylon and and Johnny Cash and yeah. George Why does Jones. he sound like he has a fucking like buffalo balls in his mouth or something <laughs> all the time? Because he went back to it his roots. It looks like he's turning into a frog. Like his <laughs> his his neck is getting droopier. Turning Pepe Lewis. So like maybe maybe like the bottom <laughs> half, like his jaw is getting heavier, so it's harder to lurch us. So that's why. He's but he sings like, like that, so ha- he probably. He's just yeah. How maybe, old of a guy is this, Putz? Guessing late forties. Would be my guess, forty-seven, forty-eight. I'll look it up. All Real David country. Allen Coe and yeah, David Real Allen Coe isn't and he the, the the white supremacist guy? No, there, no, no. I think there yes. was some speculation that he did the Johnny Rebel songs. Yeah. Oh really? I think so. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed. He is forty-seven. I nailed it. Wow, nice job. Well, that is terrifying. Aaron, the, you know a great. lot about it. From Vermont. <laughs> We've talked about this before. This southern, going back to my roots, uh, a Willie and Whalen. He's from fucking Vermont. Well, then he moved to Jacksonville, right? Whatever. And it says Massachusetts here. He probably was already pretty old. Yeah, he went to high school in Massachusetts. Oh. Lewis was born in Vermont to hippie parents living at a log cabin. When his parents split up, he moved with his father to Massachusetts where he attended high school. He probably dated Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> she's a little old for him. She's like 30 she years his old. senior. She's not 30 years his senior. Yeah. So that you're saying it's like one of those like, like 25 um, years. Like uh, Bill Maher and uh, Ann Coulter things, you know, Probably opposite reverse. sides of the aisle, <laughs> but they just have sex. Or, or, or maybe the breakup was so hard on him that he was like, fuck this. Uh-huh. I'm going to be yeah. conservative. Well, <clears throat> David Allen Coe did, uh, David Allen Coe, a.k.a. Aaron Lewis's musical hero, uh-huh. is confirmed to have written those okay. songs. Okay. Yeah. Well, Which songs it. are these now? Um, we played them at, at a, a simpler time on the podcast. Yeah, this I don't I don't even know if I should say because this like they were N-words also very it. popular on the Howard Stern show. It was like these old timey like banjoy country songs that were extremely racist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. We don't yeah. need to promote that. You can yeah. just look no, it up. No, no, but we just wanted to understand what it was. <clears throat> yeah. David Allen Coe also collaborated with Dimebag Daryl and yeah. Vinnie Paul on an album. Huge Rebel shocker there. Rebel Rebel. Huge They're shock. all rebels. Uh, okay, so let's hear a little more. Being a rebel means wanting separate bathrooms from black people, apparently. Oh, no. Stylists and singers, songwriters, but they're storytellers as much as anything. Is, that, one, is that what's important to you, too? <laughs> um, I think a song for me needs to... It has to have some sort of substance to it. It has to have some heart in it. Mm. Did you just wake up from a nap? I know. <laughs> well, I he w- was in the green room watching the Mike Huckabee program. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. That's, that is fair. You got to be able to feel, feel the music. It's so well, ironic that you, he's lucky. saying that, and it's it, he doesn't. Sounds like he feels nothing. nothing. Yeah, he's like void of emotion. <laughs> to have you here, we are honored and thrilled. And uh, right now, as Aaron Lewis gets ready to sing, I'm going to have Keith tell the folks at home how they can get their hands on Aaron's music because I've got my hands on it, and now <laughs> Keith is going to tell you how you can too. Well, he's, you can he's get got, your copy of he's Aaron got Lewis one, you- one hand on Aaron Lewis's <laughs> music. And he's got the other hand on an Arby's sub. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're being honest, he just has both hands on an Arby's sub. Yeah. He really was just lying about the music. Music.com. Oh, go now to here to sing com. If I Were the Devil is Aaron Lewis. On a Christian station? How dare you, sir? I'm sure it's a metaphor. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, the lyrics are, this is not a metaphor. I am the devil. <laughs> oh, shit. I was wrong. Bow, bow, bow. already got a chug on. <laughs> he knows the words. He's got the demo of this. Well, I'm Aaron Lewis and I love white people. Hold on, pause this. He's now, what, how does he have like a West Texas accent now? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Well, I'm Aaron the devil. Make man think he created God and not the other way. Him? What you'd see on TV would seem like the gospel truth. I'd make right look so wrong and make wrong look so cool. When I say oh, right, no. when oh, I say God. right, I mean locking up Muslims in detention camps. This is so bad. I will say it's like good bad. Like I'm so curious. Yes. I want to hear more yeah. about it's that. Like well, he's a ni- storyteller, Rob. It's like 1999 Monday Nitro. <laughs> to keep you out of heaven If I were the devil Verse 2. So wait, the song is If I were the devil, I'd do things that are already that I think are already happening? I, I couldn't get all of that from well, that. Well, I think what he's I saying, the, the devil is not believing in God and believing in like... Yeah. The media, and, but he does. And he's like not TV. offering us any new ideas, but, man. He's right, just copying right. the act that's already he's, going on. He's calling out what the Un-original. devil is. The devil is making people think good things are bad and bad things yeah. are good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're really. This is like a good. <laughs> this is like the most dissecting of the yeah. song that has ever been Can we done. We get him on the show next that week, he ever Rob? expected. No. The devil, everyone would just see color. Well, I take all religions. What? And I turn them against each Wait, other. Hold on. Everyone would just stay colored. Did he or say color? Let's go back. All right, like we gotta hear Everyone that. Everyone would just say color. If I, were. if I were the devil, 
Everyone would just see color. Everyone would just see color. Oh, what does that mean? Like everyone would be racist. Identity politics, Dan. Oh, oh, I keep, I keep forgetting that the conceit of this song is. <laughs> That's the bad thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just sees color. But so. like the ironic thing is like this is a, this is what his constituency right. is like. Like this religion thing is like, yeah, you are doing like hold this next line. And I turn them against each Take other. Take all religions and turn them against each other. Uh <laughs> That's what's going right. on. Well, what if I were God, I would take all the religions and just fucking get rid of them and have <laughs> one of them. Yeah, the true one. But he, he, all right, but that first line, I think, pisses me off more because, like, that's what all racists say. Like, I don't see color. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that? So you, so you walk down the street and you see a black guy and he's not black? Like, that's a fundamental part <laughs> of who he is. You know, you're supposed to see it. You're not supposed to not see it. You're supposed to not be an asshole to him. No, like, no, they just want to assume that everybody has the same privilege as them, and then if they're not as successful, right. it's their fault. And That's But all. also not seeing color means, like, you don't see... You you're, you don't see their plight. Right, you instantly yeah. don't believe yeah. that anything they're going through yeah. is because of what their color is. Yeah. yeah. Fucking prick. Yeah. And I'd turn them against each other. I'd sit back and I'd love it. And watch you fuel the hate. I'd light fires on the evening news that lets you fan my flames. Anything. I just want to point out, he is so into it right now. It like it doesn't sound like it. No, he, it his eyes are closed. Bored. He's like having a. Are an you orgasm. sure he's not just falling asleep? <laughs> You're right. I think he's like a savant, or he has like Aspergers or something. Uh, like the second he starts singing the song, he's got all this emotion. But and like, a southern accent. Yeah, I don't know how the fuck that happened. <laughs> southern savant. But he, but but he's talking to Huckabee. He's like, yes, I make music. I like to do music of country stuff. <laughs> Yeah, this is a new Aaron, Aaron Lewis record. A new Aaron, you're going to love it. He's a rock musician from the rock band Stained. Aaron, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mr. I'm going to do my song now. Maybe it's because they had a nice fried chicken spread in the back and he's got a food coma. <laughs> but then, how does it go away when the song starts? That's how passionate he is as a storyteller, oh, He's fighting through the food-itis. Story songs. Got it. If I were the devil. Oh, hold on, I broke a string. All right. Oh, yeah. hold on, I broke a string. All right, gotta put the string back together. Okay, I'm ready. If I were the devil, <laughs> you know, I hate you all. Hang on. This is the devil talk. Try to keep up, right? Oh. Oh, I guess I haven't been looking around this whole time. Is he the devil? I was going to say, the number one reason I don't believe this song is because I think he is the devil. So I, that's that's a, throwing a big monkey wrench in. Um, I think he should have a sequel to this song where he says, If I were the devil, I'd make shitty music to torture people for a 25-year career. <laughs> Suddenly have a Texas accent for some reason. <laughs> Willie and Whalen. <laughs> Willie and Whalen and Whitley. <laughs> and Jody Watley. 
He doesn't want you to know how about that. How is he, one. like, how is he, it's so, like, my head hurts. <laughs> my head hurts because it's, it doesn't, he's saying, like, we shouldn't be racist, we shouldn't be prejudiced, we should be accepting all, of all religions. Like, that's the implication of the, the song. The implication is give us white guys a break. But he's wearing a fucking Make America Great Again hat. Like, Because that's what America is when it's great. There's less racism. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if you don't have other religions, there's no one to be yeah, racist just against. Yeah, everybody just get with the right program. And exterminate everyone who isn't white people. Or poor and, people. And poor people, then there won't be nobody to fight with. If I were it's like you didn't he's not a brand new artist like we know what he sounds like so how like <laughs> how are we supposed to pre- so pretend that he doesn't sound like this? well this audience doesn't know what he sounds like yeah, i guess he just God damn. pretends what that the rest of us are career here. he's built uh, ripping off other people <sighs> maybe he would say that like him and stained was not the real him yeah that's probably what he, exactly the what he says and he was, uh, you know. Oh, that was the affected voice, not this one? Yeah. yeah. It's like when a guy hits on a girl and then she rejects him. And he's like, well, I didn't think you were that hot anyway. Yeah. Yeah. This is right. like, oh, I didn't think new metal was that great anyway. Whatever. <laughs> it's not them that turned their back on me. Right. I chose to write shitty country music. <laughs> we want to cut my audience in half. I looked up uh, Huckabee's channel. Uh-oh. TBN is the... What network he's for? on, but I don't know. Uh, but he has a comedian. Trinity here. Broadcasting. Oh, okay. Tribune? Trinity. Oh, Trinity. Trinity. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to play this religious comedian. Can What's we do his this? name? Jeff Allen. That's not a real name. Well, if you still have the strength to laugh, you've oh, come boy. to the right place. Jeff <laughs> Allen is here with more stand-up we comedy for a Huckabee.tv yeah. exclusive. Give it up one more time for our friend Jeff Allen. The title of this video is Jeff Allen is a highly functioning hypochondria. Highly in quotes. Did you ever just have this feeling of uh, deja vu? Oh, God. I have to tell you this. Four years ago, my wife, my lovely wife. I'm alive. I'm 59 years old. Four years ago, I'm 59. She comes to me. She says, you need to get diagnosed. I said, for what? I feel great. She said, that attention deficit stuff, it's driving me insane. I said, what are you talking about? She says, you tell me you'll do things, and then you don't do them. I didn't have the heart to tell her that's not attention deficit, that's passive aggressive. And I've worked long and hard to develop that skill. Hard. But I agreed. I said, all right, I'll do it. Anyway, I got diagnosed. But that's Aaron Lewis's next album. (laughs) I'm a pirate, and I sing for you. How do you quantify and measure attention? Don't you have to know what full attention is before you know what a deficit of attention is? I've been around fully attentive people in my life. I can't take this. They're frightening people. We used to call them meth addicts. Do you ever do this? Well, then I do this. Very hack. Yeah. It wasn't even like religious or like family comedy. It was just like hack like pips on a Thursday night. (sighs) Awful. If you want to tell us some hack jokes, please. 213 white nut. It's the phone number 213 943 3688. I want to mention. 
Next month, Sacred Reich will release their first new album in 23 years. It's called Awakening. It's coming out via Metal Blade Records. Awakening is a timeless collection comprised of blistering thrash, crushing grooves, killer solos, and socially conscious lyrics that demonstrate an understanding of everything that matters most in the world today. You can obviously pick up your copy. You can pre-order it at metalblade.com slash sacred Reich. And of course the album features the return of Dave McLean, who manned the drum throne from 91 to 97 and the addition of 22 year old Joey Radziwill playing guitar alongside original members, Wiley Arnett and vocalist bassist, Phil Rind, both integrate facets of the record. Once again, you can pre-order your copy at metalblade.com slash sacred Reich. Awesome. And I want to mention, uh, I'm not sure we mentioned, but we're going to have Justin Foley from the Austerity Program on in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Austerity Program just released a brand new ep, an EP, an extended play. And I want to play a song. From it right now, and when we get back, we're going to have our good friend, friend of the show, Justin Foley, is going to be on the show. But first, let's play a track, the track Isaiah 6326. <laughs>
This is Chelsea Blandington. I know what you people are doing over there. With your sex parties, poker games, and whiskey binges. I haven't seen Chuck in three days. But if you see him, tell him the kids and I have moved in with my mother. And now, it's the Metal Injection Livecast. Welcome back. Chuck is uh, having some marital problems, our announcer Chuck Blandington. Someone who's not having a marital problems is our special guest tonight. It's a weird intro. Justin Jesus. Foley from right. the Austerity Program, I right? Accurate. Yeah, I, yeah you're, you're, I hope it's accurate. Yes, thank you. On your end, it's Do we accurate. have the spouse on line one, Rob? We're going to have her on <laughs> Check in a that few out. moments. <laughs> well, this is your life. Justin, thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me again. Uh, we just played a track off of your new EP, Bible Songs 1. Mm-hmm. All the songs are Bible verses, maybe. I don't know. I, I never read the Bible, but based on the, the title structure, right. it looks like it. Uh, yeah, so, well, all the songs are based on Bible verses. Oh, if they are I mean not, the titles themselves. Right? We, correct, yes. They're, they're, but if you were to take the lyrics of those, you I do not think that there is a version of the Bible that you could find that exact text to sort of like support. Mm, yeah. Understood. So, yeah. so you could get away with no copyright? Yeah, exactly. Who, yeah, would, was, would God sue you? Who, yeah, how would that work? There's a pretty, the author has, it's not really the author, but his agents are pretty yeah. rough. Yeah. Mike Huckabee would say. <laughs> he doesn't read. So now it's six tracks, but you decided to do an EP. Is there no point to do LPs anymore? Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, w- there was a lot of stuff that we sort of like didn't do for this because I feel like I, 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 there's most records I can think of could probably stand to lose a few songs, mm-hmm. and then would just be better for, sort of as a result. So I agree let's. Do, I'm just gonna have to ask you guys to trust me that that's what happened here, mm-hmm. and that you guys are left with. I don't know if it's all meat and no fat, all killer, no filler, whatever you want to describe it. But um, it seemed like for the just for like the level of intensity of the stuff we were doing that trying to stretch it out to 12 tracks or something like that was just going to it would just sort of lose the impact and become sort of static noise. If that makes sense. I'm not sure it does. It does so will there be like a second Bible, like a New Testament to uh, the old how about Testament? the Torah? The Tor- well, so I, from what I understand, <laughs> the Old Testament is just sort of, you know, is a rebranding of, of at least pieces of the Torah. Yes. Um, oh. And, but uh, yeah, there, so there was, there, it felt like there was enough to like really dig into doing a second series of songs on it. And a couple of the passages that have sort of been tagged to do that are, I think, come out of the New Testament. So, mm-hmm. How much research did you have to do for this? Like, did you have to read through the Bible multiple times or... I, Wikipedia. So can I? I'm gonna. I'm gonna recommend that everybody not do what I did, which was, <laughs> which, is? Uh, which is, I read the Bible from start to finish. Oh my God. Yeah, it was. That was about. It was about three years. I mean, I like of just because, like, I I would pick it up and put it down and be like, okay, I need a break from this yeah. and actually go read it. Now, like, are book. you reading like this, like a, you know, modern language Cliff translation notes? or like the traditional like what kind of language is it so i had the king james bible from high school uh that was that i never sort of made its way off my shelf and it was like one of these things that i would be like you know i'm sure like a lot of people were like yeah man fuck that stupid bible right like so much poison comes out of that and like i had all these formed ideas about it that i realized were not actually formed by reading it Mm. So at a certain point, I was like, it was a little bit of a challenge to myself. Like, if I'm going to have such strong opinions about this thing, shouldn't I actually take the time to, like, read it? Study it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did. And uh, I was kind of hoping that it would be, again, uh, the, 
the too long didn't read here, which hopefully is you, don't. Like, it's not worth the exercise to go through it. It's, Trust me, I will take this advice. Okay, please Can I say us. one thing about reading the Bible? Because I've done, I've done it too. All and right. the one thing that is not popularized about the Bible, it, it, there's a lot of sensational things in it, and some good and some bad things. It's really fucking boring. Yeah. It's really boring. Yeah. There's like pages and pages of like so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so on and on like ge- long genealogies there's such long stretches of boring shit and and there's and then a lot of it like especially in the old testament i mean i sort of knew this in the new testament that like the gospels like uh, matthew mark luke and john they're like they're kind of retelling the same story right i didn't sort of realize that with some of the books of the old testament mm-hmm. and it was particularly distressing i would be about halfway through the second book where i was like wait a sec <laughs> like this this seems especially familiar again. I go back and do and be like, oh, that's why it's called Second Kings rather than First Kings because <laughs> right. someone else is like, hey, I know that story too. Let me write the whole thing start right. to start to finish. So right. you're saying the Bible was like the first instance in human history of like reboot culture? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was not the first instance. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I read the so I read the whole thing start to finish, and it was at, like the plan was not I'm going to write this. And then I'm going to write a metal record about it to like, you know, to really show the Bible, like who's <laughs> boss, right? Like that's what the world of like religious scholarship is needed, right? Was some dude. Finally. Yeah. Some atheist from Northwestern Queens to write six songs about it to really like put this whole religion thing to bed, right? Mm-hmm. It was actually not the intention. Um, I actually realized I was about a third of the way through it when I was like. A lot of themes I was coming across, the extent that, again, that I could stay awake to sort of read, pass through some of the boring stuff. Because it's not all boring, but a lot of it is. I was like, oh, like, there's kind of consistent themes that, like, we sort of tend to go back to lyrically in the band, right? Where a lot of the stuff, a lot of the lyrics that we had done previously were all, I tended to notice were about people sort of, like, dealing with things beyond their control, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, and just sort of that sense of like what that does to you. That was just like, those are the stories we sort of kept telling with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, oh, well, that actually fits really well sort of into like a lot of obviously what happens in the Bible. It's a lot of people just sort of trying to like make sense of what the fuck, right? Like is, right. is up with all this. And so at the, I think if, it, if the, the record ends up having merit beyond who cares whether or not what I think about like religion or, you know, this book's boring or whatever like that. It's that actually it's sort of like, you know, it, it, it carries through that same sort of sense of whether or not you like the Bible or whatever. It's sort of using that experience of people just trying to deal with shit beyond their control and trying to make sense of, of that. And, and those stories just sort of being a way to sort of get at that. Um, and I feel like I'm answering a question that nobody asked, so I will <laughs> stop at that. Here, no, you're doing well. We would okay. have gotten yeah. to that question. Oh, okay. so that's you fine. You're just doing our work for us. Yeah, see? Well, that's... Uh, just like with reading the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, again, <laughs> ask me all the questions you want, but don't bother taking your time to go through the whole thing. So you, you actually did... Re- why did you read the whole Bible? Uh, I just feel like I was, you know, sort of... Um, I always... I grew up in a very, like apathetic household to religion like my mother never really cared one way or about it or the other like I, i'm jewish by descent but my grandmother wasn't very religious my mother wasn't very religious and i just had this sort of apathetic uh bone in my body about religion and i kind of sort of as i you know passed puberty and became like a young teenager uh i sort of had that like sort of anti-theistic strain right. i would say yeah hey. And then I realized as I got a little older, maybe like mid-20s, I was like, well, I shouldn't just be a dickhead and be religion sucks. Like, let me actually understand why it sucks. Like, I feel like I still have the same conclusion about it, but I'm a little 
more informed about it. Sure. You know? So I think it's just better. If you're going to be against something, you should know what you're being against. Don't just be like a knee-jerk anti-theist, you know? Well, and, and so, but did you, so did you end up reading the New Testament as well? Coming yeah, from whole thing. Why, why, why did you, why'd you go to part two? Uh, if you, if you, because <laughs> you could have gotten there by being like, eh, I'm Jewish. I read the Old Testament. <laughs> I've come to my conclusions. I don't have to worry it's about this. I feel like a lot of my hostility is, I feel like the New Testament is in many ways more fucked up than the Old Testament. Like, I think the Old Testament is, uh, is a lot of, you know, the more fire and brimstone stuff, like actual violence. And then not to minimize it, it is very bad, but it just some of it is so over the top that it's like it's not really being followed today. Like, you know, religious fanatics are not insisting that we beat gays to death for the for the most part. You know, there is anti don't get me wrong, there is anti gay sentiment in society, but I'm saying like we don't see that manifesting like in the Western world, but the stuff that's in the New Testament, I think is also really shitty like just the whole concept, like John three sixteen, I think is one of the worst Bible verses because it's like you're. It's the whole concept of everything that you've done wrong in your life. You're allowed to now pass it on to another person. It's like not accepting responsibility for shit that you've done, and I think that's just a really fucked up concept, you know. And it's just one little example, but I think the the things that are in practice today that make religion shitty come from the New Testament. I just don't. I don't. I don't know how to put it any other way than that. I mean, I, I'm curious just to do a quick survey. Go ahead, please. Not that I mean, because because I, I do think that the value of this is of at least the thing that I like about the record when I sort of stand behind it as a, as a thing again is not be, because like I have an opinion about uh-huh. something. Right. Um, but it but it does bring up a discussion. I don't know how much religion comes up on the live cast here as a regular thing it. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so like like just quick survey like what's people's like religious either tradition or uh, you oh, know we're all we, we were all uh, raised jewish we're all ethnically Everybody jewish yeah, yeah. okay okay and and uh so like looking back on that is it a thumbs up thing thumbs middle thing thumbs down thing well being jewish is really weird uh because like there's this whole culture that's tied to being jewish mm-hmm. in a way that like other religions don't experience like you a lot of people are culturally jewish or call themselves culturally jewish when they're not religious at all sure. and i feel like i absorbed a lot of that so like i kind of really do identify i've struggled with this because mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a good thing to do or not because mm-hmm. you're sort of adding to the ranks of religious people and uh, when you're not really i'm not really jewish in any way like i don't follow judaism in any way but i just love things about jewish culture so yeah i feel like there's it's hard to say like it's hard to say whether I'm actually Jewish or not or how I feel about Judaism. Yeah. I think for me also it's uh, in a very mild way, I will say. like it, It's a way to experience what otherism is kind of like. Yeah. Just because culture is so, you know, Christian. Like I have – I never uh, celebrated Christmas. I don't know what that feels like. And right. like I've talked to friends and they're like, what? You've never got like a Christmas tree? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. No, the holidays is just like, yeah, we get Chinese, you know, whatever. Right, right. Uh, so we live the stereotype that you hear about. And, right? and, uh, <laughs> I, and the thing is, I grew up like everyone in my neighborhood was Jewish. Jewish yeah. And like everyone in my, like being Christian in my school is being a minority. Right. You know? So it's so, a collective right. otherness. It's not just feeling yeah. like you're on the outside, but like we're on the outside. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, like I, I do have a, a kinship to it, but I agree with Darren. Like I'm so against. Uh, organized religion that it, it it's a, a bit hard to like identify mm-hmm. too far with it. Yeah. How about far. others? Same. My Same. for me is just like my mannerisms are Jewish. 
but uh, I don't agree with organized religion. And uh, when I like when I was much younger, I used to have to go to like synagogue and all that stuff. And I have experienced like a more religious uh, Jewish world and I just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's it. I just also want to add in that I did have a Christmas tree. Like my mother saw Christmas as kind of like this secular, like celebration of yeah, Americanness. I, like, yeah, yeah. I did too. Uh, I never, never did. No. I so. wanted to be like my friends. My friends all had Christmas trees, so I insisted we have a fucking Christmas tree. But, <laughs> but like, is it Russian people? Yeah. Like for like the New Year, don't you guys get a Christmas tree? Do you get like a New Year tree. New Year tree. I wanted a Christmas tree for Christmas. And they did as they were told. It's a week apart. Well, Jeez. my parents were Russian immigrants. They weren't really allowed to practice their religion in Russia. So right. they got here and they were like, all right, we get to be Jewish now, but right. we don't really know how to do that or what that means. So we'll <laughs> fast. And yeah, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. For my, my dad was actually religious, but my mom, it was it was that, too, because, you know, she's the Russian one. Mm. Just like, oh, I have this uh, like need to stand up for Jews just yeah. because like I was oppressed as a Jew yeah. but I have no reference like barely yeah. religious pass you know, the ham sandwich no, yeah. alright so so then so here's a question this is a big stretch like um, I have gone back and forth I, and sort of struggled a bit as we were making this record about like how negative some of the narratives were that I was really digging into right and I, and I say that in part because like, my outlook in the world and life is not one of, like, you know, relentless negativity. And there are those who are like that. It's just I recognize that's not who I am. And so I sort of thought to myself, like, why am I, why am I willing what to— What are you positive about? What, 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 I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm genuinely—I'm generally hopeful for, you know, for— Like, I, I'm a glass half full type of person. I will give okay. people the benefit of the doubt before they sort of prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning think— Today's probably going to be a good day. I also look around and recognize that, like, I've been dealt a pretty good fucking hand, like, yeah, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So, yeah. but, yeah, so I, but nevertheless, I was really drawn to, like, I want to make something that was more negative, more sort of, like, intense, more paranoid than anything we've done in the past. And, I, and, I, and I've spoken with some friends who I think are well-adjusted people sort of in the kind of heavy music world and sort of said, like, where does this come from for us, right? Like, why are we drawn to these things? Why did I want to go for, like, the worst passages in this book that sort of, like, really draw out, like, sort of, like, the most negative things? And sort of trying to square that with, why do we want to sort of get involved? Why is everyone around here is wearing black T-shirts, right? Like, why? Like, I, for those of you who can't see, everybody. So we were supposed to do a video, and I thought it would be a little bit slimming, so. Okay, well, fair enough, fair enough. Otherwise, I was wearing a white shirt. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's the, for you, it's the slimming. But I think for, like, like a lot of us, like, are drawn. And so I wonder, like, when you talk about this sense of otherness, of, of like, sort of growing up in a collective otherness of, you know, of the Jewish community. Right. Like, do you is there any parallel in your guys' mind between like we're involved in this subculture that is very like in a way like deals with darkness, deals with deals with heaviness, deals with negative negativity, and it's you know from the outside it looks like oh those are a bunch of you know malcontents or something like that, but we know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we're sort of we want to like dig deep into this thing. Like, do you connect any of that to your sense of like this sense of otherness or this sense of being <clears throat> set apart, or is that like? Are those things too far apart? Uh, for me, yes, definitely. Really? I think that's I got kind of. I feel like what drew me to heavy music was that it was like loud and angry and like yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but but you know, then I, I stayed because I enjoyed it. But, <laughs> sure, and like uh, and wearing the dark clothes too. Like it's kind of like rejecting uh, mainstream culture. Like I, I've obviously softened these 
viewpoints, but like when yeah, I yeah. was a teenager, certainly that's I feel like how I felt. Sure. I, I have very rarely like felt othered like growing up my whole life in New York City as a, a Jewish person, quote unquote. Like I've never. I shouldn't say never. I've had oh, incidents. Yeah, I, I, I said like a very light version. I'm right. not saying like like a lot. But no, I understand. I, I but I mean, I, I've never, I, I never really f- have felt. I mean, I am a white guy. It's right. hard to feel. I guess also right. Like your you know? your mom is American. Like both of my parents were immigrants, so that kind of mm-hmm. fed into it. Like I had to learn about American right. culture on my no, that own. That makes sense. Yeah, but I, but it. I mean, it, true. Like you know, identity categories and stuff like that. Being fully aware of all that. Um, nevertheless, like if you take a look at sort of what is what appears to be dominant culture, like in the United mm-hmm. States, like as presented through like, you know, pick your pick your thing, The Voice, or through like social media, social media, or yeah, or and and looking at like the number of records that like some Nashville country star sells versus like whomever your favorite, like most recent, like popular metal band sells. It's like, it's astronomically like right. off the charts compared to, so there is something that is countercultural, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. despite, despite you might being able to say, okay, it's a white guy predominated thing or we're all yeah. Americans or whatever, like mm-hmm. all that's on the table, but nevertheless, like it's still worth saying like, this is what we're doing here is not like. Yeah. But at the same time, like I've, I've been thinking a lot about that mm-hmm. actually. And you know, like why, why was I like a certain way growing up? And I think for me, you know, and it's it's pretty like obvious or whatever. It's about like connecting to people. Sure. And with metal, it was like a smaller group of people that I could connect with on this level. Like I was like in so much like turmoil on the inside and like that, like this music was kind of like an outlet and it understood me. And then mm-hmm. the people who I found through that was my way of connecting with them. Yeah. And, and I think that's where I learned it from because I certainly didn't learn that at home. And for me, that's what, like, that's kind of like the security blanket that heavy metal gave me. Sure. Sense of community with, yeah. with other folks. Yes. And really, it's also like in high school, I was not the most popular kid. Sure. So there's a level of resentment towards the popular kids. So why would you like the things that they like? Right. Yes. It's a reaction against them. Right. And then, thank goodness, we just happened to react by liking things that actually sounded good. <laughs> so yes. that was just a lucky coincidence. You could have had bad luck and had horrible tastes. Yeah. So. yeah. What about for you? Um, I mean, I would, I would say, so for me, my, you know, the, the sense of community and the sense of counterculturalism, if we want to call it that for me, more came from sort of like the world of punk rock and sort of like noise rock than the metal. But like, you know, in the end of the day, they're not that sort of far yeah. apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and at the time I was like, oh, this is all about like, it's this sort of cool thing that other people are doing. And I just was sort of attracted to it as being like a rebellious teen or sort of trying to find my own identity. And it's really only upon like later reflection that I look back that like, yeah, my, the work that I do for my job is, is driven by politics. And like, that's sort of an important thing for me sort of personally. And, and I've come to realize that like a lot of the examples of community that I saw of like, you know, do it yourself, trying to treat people as like other people rather than sort of like, you know, conduits for commerce or, you know, finding offense when you're being advertised to and just being like, ew, get the fuck away from me. Like Mm -hmm. um, all of that stuff, like continues to sort of inform my politics and the way that I think people should treat each other. But actually the most like hands-on experience in some ways I've had that my, in my life has been the musical communities that I've been a part of, right? Of like seeing people who have been like, no, we can create something that's different. We can actually live the values that sort of we think are important. And like, I recognize, you know, I'm in my mid forties now. Like I recognize that there are limits to that in terms of there are, you're still compromises that you need to make and all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't mean that it's not, it's not a, it's not a legitimate way of sort of approaching things. So I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I like really, like have I have identified more than I thought that I would 
you know, durably over my life that those sort of separate communities like represent something like um, that is relevant to sort of like being an adult and looking around the rest of your world and informing your politics of someone saying like, no, there's another way to sort of do things and we can treat each other, whether if it's like as a better way or in, you know, I think with a lot of people I know in heavy music, there's like, it's just something that's a lot more authentic about it. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. and that's what drew me to it rather than bullshit, like poptimism of like, Oh, everyone's all good and stuff. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's bring out the emotions of pain. Let's bring out the emotions of like anger and like aggression and just sort of really dig into that because that's a lot more of what life's really about than like pretending that it's all K-pop or, you know, whatever, you (laughs) pick whatever you want to hate. So, (laughs) well, uh, so, I used to be very critical of like other genres and I had like, you know, just tunnel vision. Only heavy metal is good. Mm-hmm. A little bit of jazz is also good, but like just those two, it had to be like very musical, but I actually learned to stop judging other genres of music mm-hmm. because like, I think more about like the creative process. And even though, uh, whatever pop star might not, she might just be singing a song. There's still writers and like talented musicians behind it who are, you know, like they're pursuing their passion by writing music for for somebody else. So I don't like I just like appreciate the music that I like and it is better. (laughs) But uh, at the same time, like I just like I've taken that negativity and just kind of like put it away. Sure. And just, okay, if that's what makes someone feel better, let them do it. I'm just going to focus on me and what makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the response I would have to that is, is like I totally agree, like from the sense of like. From an objective perspective, I'm not trying to make the case that one thing is like you can draw, you can pull out some measurement and just begin to sort of like share that as being like this is, you know, this is objectively better than something else. From I, I'm, I think the perspective I'm talking about is just sort of what I'm drawn to and trying to come up with the reasons <laughs> why, right? Like, um, like I've got have appreciation for lots of other types of music and, and and I'm glad when my in-laws come over to sort of spend the weekend with us that I have something other than, you know, Portal to play for them, right? Because we want to get together and enjoy each other's company. And we're going to have a really hard time doing that if I'm playing music, which is giving everybody in the house a fucking headache, including myself, yeah. right? Um, also, there's like a difference between you're in somebody's car or something and you hear a pop song. And you're like, okay, this has my toe tapping. This isn't totally. bad. Yep. Or hearing a song and like, okay, I need to hear every other thing this band right. has done. Right. I need to hear all of their influences. I need to hear who they've toured with. Right. There's it. Both are good. But yep. one is just connects to you. A little yeah, bit. one's one's what you're drawn to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, my karaoke jam is not necessarily. What you is know, your karaoke? What is it? Jam? Oh, I, if, it's got to be Careless Whispers by, oh. by. I don't know if it's by Jam by Wham or George Michael, but Wham. Like, yeah. I think it's Wham. it is. Yeah, Wham. I think so too. But bass. I, why is that song like? It feels like it has a second life lately. Like every other baseball player uses that song as their walk-up music. Oh, like over the last few years. Song. Like why? It's maybe the rights have expired since but, George yeah, Michael's like, death. How did like twenty-year-olds discover that song? I'd say the third. There verse- was a meme like a few years ago of the sax man, like a guy dressed in like uh, a shirtless suspenders and black oh, pants yeah, and he, he like would storm yes. into like a mall playing the sax song. <sighs> okay. okay. I, I would say that there's a, the third verse of that song for what, for the total cheese bullshit that the song is. <laughs> and I mean, that's what you do a karaoke thing for is to sort of get into it. Like the third verse of it gets like genuinely kind of like unexpectedly weird. Like he gets really kind of desperate in a way that's, yeah, so that's what, what, what are the, what are the lines? Well, it's cause it's like the, the first, you know, the first one is just like, like the first verse is just, it's a regular pop verse. And then there's mm-hmm. sort of this chorus is the cheesy sax solo. And the second one is a is a pop verse. And then there's the cheesy sax solo. And then the third one, he goes in the third verse. He's like, 
starts going into this like desperate final plea that ends with him screaming, please stay. And it doesn't rhyme with anything. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, there's no wait. comfort in the truth. Pain is all you'll find. Oh yeah. I mean, the lyrics Dude. aren't good, but the, but I, the fact that he doesn't just sort of come back and repeat the first verse again, oh. it's like, Oh, that's weird. Anyway, but, I am not. <laughs> let, let's just say I will defend reading the Bible before I will actually defend the true value of Carol's Whispers. But it goes back to the point of like music can play certain roles in different points of your yeah. life. And that's fine. Right. And it's not here to sit and like shit on people who genuinely draw meaning out of listening to Carol's Whispers because it reminds them of somebody who was important to them or, you know, whatever. Like, but the question of me having to explain why I'm drawn to particular things, like I would say that's something I've had to investigate beyond just like, what is the matter with me? Like, why do I want to go back and like, like, why do I see the, what, what, what is it? Is it piss grave? Like the piss grave record cover and, mm-hmm. and being like, Oh God, this is so, I still kind of have to hear that record. Like even <laughs> like, what is the matter with people who are so well, damaged? I definitely there? had to hear it, but I was like, come on guy. Right, I, I, I have not seen it. What is the, tell me. Uh, look it up. Uh, don't is there only up. one don't album? Or? I mean, there's a few, but don't they all. It, which is the specific theme. one that I need to find? It's, I, it's, <laughs> it's a very not safe for work warning, folks, yeah. if you're starting to Google. Well, the name alone already. And it's like, ah, it's it's like so, this, I, is this the diarrhea situation happening here? No, or no. What is this? It's, this one? I don't know. I think that's a previous album. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. So anyway. Well, I was going to ask you, <laughs> yeah. do you, do you have a lot of like introspection? Um, I don't know. Do I don't you, know how to answer that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you know you you mentioned your age and stuff like sure. that. Do you find that like as you get older, you just kind of look more inwards a lot? Like, do you spend a lot of time thinking inwardly? Uh, I mean, I I don't know that it's something that's changed over over life. And, I, and I'm not trying to be smart at being like I don't know how to answer that question. It's like I don't know how to compare it against it. Like I pro- I'm as probably self reflective as I have ever been. Maybe the one thing that age has given me is just a, enough perspective to sort of not get like when I feel down about something to sort of not get like, you know, not beat myself up about things too much, like, and be able to get some perspective, like when things aren't going well. But I think, I think beyond that, like, you know, like, isn't it good to like give your life some thought and to be able to sort of like look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. I've been doing that a lot lately of like kind of looking back at things that I enjoyed you know, in my early 20s or whatever, and be like, why did I like that? In fact, Rob has literal mirrors lining all his walls. He's just always surrounded by mirrors. What are the things that you you regret enjoying? But they're fun Oh, not regret enjoying. Just like watching uh, uh, movies that meant a lot to me and like, uh, uh, just TV shows and but stuff like, like that. But that's like very like like external. Like, do you ever like like look inward and ask yourself like, what is it about those movies that moved me? Then have I grown from that? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. No, stop interrupting. Well, no, you keep it. you keep talking about looking in the mirror. Uh, so I wasn't. I was not mentioning them. These were jokes thrown at me. This yes. is <laughs> fake news. Um, yeah, no, I think about that a lot. Like, what what was it about my sense of humor? I think about like how my sense of humor has evolved uh, a lot lately uh, about and I think about things now that I wouldn't say offend me, but are, are, like make me like roll my eyes. Mm. But then I'll stop and be like, you know, it's weird because like now I see why this is stupid. Right. But I feel like if I was the 22 year old version of myself, right. like, this would have been so edgy. And right. like, yeah, man. And like now it's like, uh, it's not worth it. I, th- I have I often think of the same stuff and for me i think i've narrowed it down to like i used to really like 
comedy that reflected my exact sense of humor. Like, oh my god, I could have made that joke too. And now I find that like super boring, and I'd rather like see stuff that I would never have thought of in a million years. So I, I don't need like confirmation that I'm funny anymore. Maybe it's because we do this podcast every week. You have an outlet. Yeah, and I just hear my own jokes so much that I don't need to hear <laughs> or, anybody else. Or maybe you have them. more confidence than you did. Eh, probably not. <laughs> but also, I also I think it's just you. You gave you, me the opportunity, and you just <laughs> threw it away. I'm too honest. <laughs> you just uh, consumed so much comedy that, like, you know, co- part of comedy is is surprise, being like thrown off by what's said, and like mm. it's harder to throw you off. Like you're, yeah. you've kind of uh, your tolerance is higher. And also, part of it was like, oh, these are the f- other fans of this kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. who I. I am. Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I still watch Rick and Morty, and no, that's know. great, but that's not that long ago. But like but the fans, the fans are. Oh, are yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a certain yeah. portion of the fans. I yeah. Say. That's I, a bummer. I wonder though, like, like if you're if you are a bit self self reflective, like as you get older, hopefully you become. Actually, I think this maybe this isn't the case. I would hope that I have become more empathetic as I've gotten older. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. You put yourself in, a, in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you see something that is obviously like taking advantage of somebody, especially somebody's weakness, like, yes. like it can be funny, but I think the empathy side of you as you get older is like appreciates like the joke aspect of it, but doesn't necessarily want to put yourself in that camp. That's right? a big part of it too. Like the, I can't laugh at punching down anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's just not funny. to. Like, I think it has to be handled like an extremely expert hands. Like to me, when Gilbert Gottfried sometimes does those kind of jokes for one example, I still think it's hilarious, but he's like an expert craftsman. Like right. I think there's like 99% of the people who do that kind of humor are just awful. They just yeah. come off as awful, abusive people. It's just like hack. It's like yeah, it's easy lazy. to, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but, even like outside of comedy, like I didn't understand what empathy meant. Like when you say, oh, you just walk in someone else's shoes. It's almost like I like took that literally, right? right. But like empathy is just so much deeper than that. And it, I didn't learn about it. I mean, I learned the true meaning of empathy five years ago. I didn't understand what empathy meant before that. What was happened it, five years yeah. ago? Do you mean like an experience or just like understanding like that, like the specifics of what the term is referencing? The specifics of what the term is referencing. Okay. Like just really, um, you know, like, like with punching down or something or, or criticizing someone. I can't, like, I cannot criticize anyone anymore because I don't know what it is to live their life. Like right. To, to go through all of the experiences that they have as a child and how it affects them today and all that. Mm-hmm. I will never cr- criticize someone like I used to before I learned what empathy means. And I learned empathy through, like, starting therapy and really, again, introspection, understanding why I am wired the way that I am. Right. And then understanding that about other people. Uh-huh. For me, I, I, I developed my uh, empathy muscle just through uh, discovering my own happiness, just being like, uh, uh, like, hey, things are pretty good for me. Here. Right. You know, like, what, what am I complaining about? Right, 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 right. It could be a lot worse. And then I just think about, like, uh, just, you know, for example, just walking down the street, going to the store and thinking about how this poor person working this counter Probably working like eight hours and like getting paid shit. You right. Know, and, and I do think about that a lot, like the service industry and how like, oh, my God, I, I make right. such use of these people's time uh, to make my life better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And like, appreciate. and I just remember working in those jobs and how shitty it was. Right, 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 right. And uh, it definitely gives me a new, uh, I would say, respect for these people. And like, 
and uh, compassion too. Like I used to uh, be so annoyed when you know, like an order is wrong or someone's taking them. But I'm like, mm-hmm. they're getting paid fucking pennies. Like uh, if you were if you were at the job, you wouldn't be trying your hardest either. Like relax, right? Yeah. Well, well, and it's and it's like well, I think like once you once you sort of put yourself there, and again and again, I hope that it's something that like opens up more as life goes on. Because mm-hmm. I actually think life is richer if like you can have that identity with people because it allows you to sort of have a connection with people. Hopefully yes. that yeah. is that is sort of better, right? And you're like, less of an asshole. Um, well, yeah, and and that the next time you go to that store, if you can strike up a friendship with someone or do whatever, it's just like it's a better way to. Go I don't want to go that far. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but but like if hopefully if that's the direction that you're going, then when you're presented with something which like forces you to sort of like see conflict of that, like you know, like when I see like, and I know people who like grew up watching Eddie Murphy, like mm. you know, and it's just great being like, example. oh shit, fucking Eddie Murphy was the funniest. Like we watched Delirious, I know every line of that movie, and then it's like you go back and you watch oh. it now, and you're just like, oh man, Eddie, like the gay stuff. It's just like yeah. it's not like. You are, you remember what made you laugh when you were 11 years old and just like watching like him play out his craft in an extremely skillful yeah. way, right? Yeah. But like once you like run into the person who's like, yeah, man, I was a gay kid in my school, right? Like, and I remember like... Everyone I, reciting those lines. Yeah, and I yeah. would just be in the la- locker room laughing and just like, you know, ho- like just praying on the inside. Nobody knew what was going mm-hmm. on inside, man. Like that was like, I I look back on that with terror in my life and being mm-hmm. like, yeah, but dude, man, it's fucking those delirious. Are, those are so fun. Like you yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. I don't think you, like as an adult, I don't think you can like keep going there. At some point you've got to, you have to disown that stuff. Well, that's also a reminder of who grew up shitty because there are people who will still go. Yeah, but dude, come on, it's yeah. funny, right? Oh, you're come so on. fucking sensitive. Like it's just really good jokes. Right. I mean, but it's like, are you too sensitive? It's like, no, this yeah. is, you know, like, I, I what? Maybe I mean, good. Go, you know, I, you're gonna go that path, right? And you're gonna right. like, you're not gonna grow past that, and you're gonna like always be like own like I, identify with that. Yeah. Then to me, people that feel I'll, so passionately about that, I just feel like they must have such shitty lives. That, like, this is what they cling... Like, they need this so much. Right. Like, Just like how- the original Ghostbusters. Like, wait, they're rebooting Ghostbusters with women? You're ruining my childhood. Stop. Like, those people. Yeah, yeah like, it's like, hey, it's- that movie still exists. Yeah. You don't have to watch the yeah. new one. It's fine. And the new one was kind of shitty, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it's, but not it's because fine. it had women in yeah, it. Yeah. I agree it, it was <laughs> shitty, but it has nothing to do with the gender of the... In fact... I thought Leslie Jones stole that movie. I think she's what act, the one part of the movie that I actually enjoyed. I liked uh, Kate McKinnon. I just thought it was not a good. Well, we're getting on a side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like the what they did with the material. At least it was not a good showcase. Yeah, yeah. Those are four but talented women. To reel it back, like Rick for Moranis example, still really for example, though, right? uh, you know, like with what's going on now with Louis C.K., where he uh, is coming back, and people are like, "Hey, we don't." think uh, these clubs should book him and then like other people are like oh he's he's you know he's for what these are jokes he's funny what did he do yeah you know, right right it's right just like well well i just have to also say that i don't think his new stuff is even that funny let no. alone the yeah. offensiveness of it yeah. it's, he's you lost take the time step. and work on it a little bit more well i you know i what's <coughs> like i remember i made oh gosh more recently than i'd like to admit within the last year i was made i made a really corny joke to somebody that was about <gasps> that was which I thought, like, I, I was like, I don't think this crosses the line. Come on. It's like, it was just like a, like, just a corny joke. And someone was like, yeah, well, would you say that to the person who, like, who you're sort Making fun of. Yeah. Who, well, yeah. and I was like, yeah, it's not making fun of it. The just, butt of it, the joke. It's just putting it in a particular context. So 
And I know everyone's gonna be like, like seriously, it's it's not a it's not a good joke. It's just like a corny like word just play. What's a fucking joke? Oh well, it, it was like it was the difference be, between like it's the the joke of like someone is doesn't know if they're a wigwam or a teepee, and their therapist says, "Oh, your problem is you're too tense." Too tense. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "That's funny. It's just That's a funny. dumb joke." And they're like, "I I don't know. You might be crossing the line." And so we're going back and forth on this. And then and they brought up a, like an irrefutable sort of thing. They'd say, "There's so many." other jokes out there why not just just leave that one and go go find another joke right and it's like that's a hard it's a hard thing it's a hard argument to sort of go against because it's like if you're like oh no louis ck when he's talking about the parkland kids what he's really talking about is like you know just how uptight everybody is and you just gotta sort of and it's just like louis ck a guy who is like having not dug too deeply into his personal life and not been on the other side of anybody sort of like forcefully exposing themselves to me Mm -hmm. in a way where I felt like I couldn't get out of it. I will recognize that he had an extremely solid gift for his craft, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that he is choosing to explore these like edgy, like potentially punching down sort of things. You're just sort of like... If that's, I mean, if that's where you're, that's your choice of where you're going with this thing, there's so many other jokes out there, dude, that you could be. That's a, I, I think about that too with like certain uh, offensive language, like, uh, you know, you could use any other word, like expand your vocabulary. Right. People are offended by this. Like, people are not comfortable with the use of this word. Yeah, be creative. Go somewhere else. I mean, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing keeping you there. And if like you want to make the hell, you're gonna die on being like, no, we can't let like. I'm not gonna change my language for being put. Like we all change shit that we do all the time. Yeah. Like don't like, don't make that be sort of what you're about. It's so. free. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, exactly. It's just a different word. Exactly. But there also can be five bucks. There's like a fundamental difference between certain people where the one person saying, "Hey, why don't you not use that word?" is concerned with you know how people receive things and how they feel when sure. they hear certain things, and the other person who's invested in defending that word is like looking to provoke. They're not. They're not. They don't care about people's feelings. So the point is to get that reaction. Like, I feel like that's, you know, if you have that fundamental difference, you can't really bridge that by saying, hey, come on, man. Because the guy's not even hearing what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very well put, I think. Anyway, I'm not, I've given up the the dumb two-tenths joke. I'm just, for the record. Do you have a new joke? But I know, but before, uh, what what is supposedly offensive about that joke? Uh, You know, someone's like, why do you you have to be telling a joke about, like, the chief of the Native American But the Native American person is not the butt of that joke. It's just an object. I didn't realize there was a Native American person in the joke. And my person, and the person's just like, um, you know, it was a little bit of like, I don't want to have this argument with you. Just, just find oh. another joke, please. I was like, mm, so you're telling me you were discussing this with an SJW? No, no. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I just, uh, I draw the line at, at like racial, quote unquote, racial humor. If the, if the race, if the person's race is the butt of the joke, if they're being ridiculed, then I think it's out of bounds. Like that's something you can stay away from. I don't think like a joke that has a black person in it is automatically offensive. If they're being made fun of, to me, that would be the offensive part. Am I, I wrong about that? Yeah. Well, like going back to Eddie Murphy, I, I watched it not too long ago. Which one? Uh, the With the Red. Delirious. Red Delirious. Delirious. How was it? Uh, well, like I was uh, taken aback by the homophobic humor. Right. And I was like trying to like power through it in the sense of like, <laughs> like, like at first I was there like. There should be like chapter marks so you could just skip the case stuff. Well, no, I, I wanted to. to 
You want to absorb it. I wanted to see what the, yeah, like, and how people reacted to it. And at first it was, like, a little scary. What They, they were just laughing at, at just gay bashing. You right, know? Right, like, right, just, right, right, right. That's all. The, the joke was gay bashing. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, there were maybe, let's just say, ten jokes. Like, one of them was, like, okay, that's clever wordplay. Like, right. That is, that is a well-structured joke. The rest of them, it's just, like, you know, sissy or, like, I take it up the ass. Or, right. Oh, my ass is going to hurt. I'm going to get raped in jail. You These know, are like, all drops, by the yeah. way. Oh, it's like like Mr. T just acting gay. Like, what if Mr. T was gay? <laughs> yeah, right. And then he just says gay stuff. And that's right, the right. joke. That's, that's it. Right. Like, it's, so right. it's, it's in the context of, of where we are as a society. Thankfully. Yeah. Right. It's right. kind of like, oh, this is cheap. This is very... Feels really punching down, right? But, but what's crazy is just like the uproarious, like like he had the palm of his hand. And I might be naive or wrong when I say this, but like I honestly think that he could have been reciting the dictionary and they would oh. have laughed like that. He was so famous at that <laughs> yeah. point and beloved that it didn't matter what he said. I don't yeah. think it was that. No, no, he was I, I, I would, I would uh, concede that. That's letting that's him off the hook it. a little bit. I think uh, that yeah. was part of his like. Oeuvre or whatever. Well, he still you know? chose to do those jokes. Maybe well, yeah. he's letting his audience off the hook right. a little and, bit. And he has also he has also disavowed that stuff to his credit. Like oh, he has. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's said he's embarrassed of it a little okay. bit. Or I don't know. It, I mean, I think someone asked him about it. He didn't come out and make a press statement about it, but someone yeah. asked him. I remember reading this. Like someone asked him mm-hmm. if his uh, he has any bad feelings about that stuff. And he's like, yeah, it wouldn't like play today or whatever. No. You can look it up, Rob. Let's see, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I would I would hope that that would be the case. I, you know, I would say, you know, whatever, like like whether he has or not, like as the you know, as the audience of that stuff, like the, the point standing about like, what is it that as you get older, like you're going to look back? I think some of it is changing social mores, which I think is, again, you know, broadly speaking, a good thing. I think that because uh, I think, you know, in, in the U.S., we're moving towards despite, you know, the backlash and the varieties of, of voices and stuff, they were moving towards, like, a, a, a more intelligent culture about some uh, some particular okay, things. Okay, do you think that... Uh, I often wonder about that, and mm-hmm. it's like, wait, is that... Am I feeling like this because I live in New York? <laughs> um, I think that you... I think that's a part of it. I think a part of it is seeing these people. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like, I don't... I, I mean, like, I know a few Muslim people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, I see that you know they're just regular people in, in the Midwest. They're the ultimate other because they have no concept of the. A lot of people that listen to the show say that we are the only Jews that they've ever mm-hmm. like known, <laughs> and that we've taught them about Jewish culture because they live wherever they are in the country and and they don't interact with Jews. So I feel like that's something that a major city like New York, you know, like a, a major yeah. metropolitan area. Uh, where people are able to, because you're just around it, like you know, like Muslim people are the people in our in our grocery to, store, right? You and know, and like, to me, it feels normal. So, like, I yeah. don't know what it is to live in like a very rural state or you know town or whatever. Right. So that's why, like, I always like wonder, like, do I feel you know, like I experience like all like these multicultural uh, groups of people because I live in in New York and that feels normal to me. And then, like, how can I understand? A person who doesn't have that yeah i mean i would i there's people who have thought a lot more about this than i have i mean i would say from a lay person's perspective i think that the ability for people to communicate with each other is obviously you know sig- and on a one-to-one basis like has significantly 
changed in the past 10 or 15 years or whatever. And then one of the things that's come out of that, for better or for worse, is that people craft an identity that they then expect others to have to sort of deal with, right? Like, so I'm a, you know, I'm, whether you're, you know, you're wearing a MAGA hat in your, or you're Pepe the Frog, or if you are coming out as a, someone who identifies as social justice warrior, like, you're putting an identity out there. And I think more people have to react to that on a one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people, like, when people are like, oh, you're using language which is offensive to me and my identity, that's something that, like, happens to folks more than it used to, like on, on an individual basis. So I think despite the fact that there's a lot of toxicity that's happened in our sort of cultural discourse around that sort of stuff, I think that by, that by and large, like it's creating people, you know, understanding that there are individuals who they have to confront if they're coming up with something which is which is just like off the charts, like offensive, which I think creates a space for like, you've got this guy, Buttigieg, right? Who's gay, who's like an out gay presidential candidate, mm-hmm. right? You've got Stacey Abrams, who's like almost won the Senate in fucking Alabama, right? Like, no, Georgia, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you've like, I think that there is a shift that people who have what felt like, like, just just keep it quiet and we don't have to deal with it identities like as being out in the open in new york we're like oh finally everyone's finally fucking catching up to how cosmopolitan and awesome we are okay but but like i think like it is a it is a in many ways like multifaceted thing that is happening because i do think people like seeing themselves as being the oppressed white man from mm-hmm. like you know hey you know nobody you know i'm a trump voter and i'm the most pro- i'm the most oppressed person in america right. and it's just being like oh god no you're not like <laughs> right but like so that's that is something i think we are collectively working through but I, I would say broadly speaking there's evidence to look around the u.s and say like i think we're 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 being dragged slowly into sunlight i, mm-hmm. I hope but, uh, well i quickly want to mention that uh eddie murphy had did say I deeply regret any pain this has caused. Mm-hmm. And he said he was young and misinformed, uh, referring specifically to his 81 HBO special called Delirious. Murphy said, just like the rest of the world, I'm more educated about AIDS in 96 than I was in 81. This was obviously 96. I think it's unfair to take the words of a misinformed 21-year-old and apply them and apply them to an informed 35-year-old man. I know how serious an issue AIDS is the world over. I know AIDS isn't funny. It's 96, and I'm a lot smarter about AIDS now. Uh, yeah, I, so. I, I, his his slight off-ramp into victimization there, you know, notwithstanding. Yeah. I, think, I think it's probably a good thing to hear that 15 years later he recognized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Magic Johnson. Uh, <laughs> but to your point, yeah. uh, what you were just saying about, uh, you know, not like trying not, you know, to be sensitive to people's feelings. I feel now some people use that in bad faith, like my sure. religious freedoms are being infringed mm-hmm. upon sure. by not being able to discriminate against you. Right. That whole kind of argument yeah, yeah. is kind of, it's mind blowing to me because it's like, uh, I in a way get what they're saying, but it's like, well, no one is restricting you by asking you, you know, not to say this. Like you could still do whatever you want. Just, but like to prevent a whole sect of people from from doing something be- just because they happen to have this one part of their you know social life is uh, is wrong. Yeah, no, I and I mean I think if you look back at the at the uh, like you know from from some of the reading I've done about like the civil rights movement, there were a bunch of people who were from the segregation itself who were like sort of pro segregation, pro Jim Crow laws, who painted themselves as being 
you know, unfairly victimized by, you know, the mass media, you know, following this Martin Luther King guy around and calling him a saint. And like, we're just these small business owners who are just trying to eke a living out. And like, who's the real bad guy here? And who's like really the underclass and stuff like that. And I think for that, that there was that idea of like, you know, we're being victimized. Like we're yeah, really- just to play on that. Like when, when you see these stories of like, Oh, this small town baker was, didn't, bake this cake like oh it's we've gotten death threats we've gotten all this email just because you know we we are pra- we're practicing our religious theory. it's like no it's because you're being a fucking bigot <laughs> you know well and i mean so i and i appreciate that like fo- folks especially i imagine if you're sitting in that seat can see like clear parallels and sees nothing but hypocrisy about all the, yes. this sort of stuff and like you know i i certainly don't share that perspective but i think i think that that's one sort of like you know, a misinformed perspective. I think the bad faith thing is actually is, is much more interesting and frankly insidious, right? Like when you see people who are being like, you know, who, who are fully aware of the language that they are adopting yeah. and sort of trying to spin it for their own favor. You know, okay. you, you know that like you're not really, you know, you're, you're not an oppressed minority because, you know, a straight white man is the, is the, is the last thing, you know, or, or pick whatever, like sort of demographic. And, and you sort of try and paint yourself as being, as being, you know, as equally as oppressed as someone Just else. Just Christians feel like they're an oppressed, yeah. which is like, what? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's f- fine. I get, you know, you're going to, you're going to try and adopt that language. Yeah. And, I'm yeah. glad that you said that though, because I think there's worth making a distinction between people who do abuse uh, that sort of, as you said, language uh, of oppression and there, I think also there are people who are just not being disingenuous. Who I think they they perceive a world in which they've been in this like white bubble, sure, their entire life, and all of a sudden there's all like a bunch of different uh, classes and you know, right. genders and races and stuff that are, if from their perspective, you can understand why they feel like their life is being encroached upon. Not that it's correct the reaction that they have, but I think there is a a movement that tries to exploit that. Sure. And it's worth like identifying with the feelings that they're having and making some sort of effort to reach that person and go, no, your world is not collapsing. Like you're, you know, you're actually just. Uh, this is what equality. Feels this is like. what equality is. But to, in other words, I don't know exactly if I'm phrasing this correctly, but sort of make an attempt to to go. Yes, I understand that this is like a new and different time for you. Right. And we have to address this in a better way than sure. lashing out at those people. I think sometimes we dismiss that person. And again, you made the distinction. I'm not talking about the person who is actively being disingenuous. Right. Those people can fuck off and go to hell. <laughs> but I feel like there is there is a, someone who is really does have good intentions, but doesn't understand the ways in which the world is changing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, you know, I, I would like to have, a, I would like to be able to find the space to have an honest conversation with somebody like that, understand a little bit more about where they're coming from, right. and sort of what that feeling feels like for them, and what is it about them that makes that change so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for, you know, uh, um, and my guess is that that's a lot of, you know, a lot of America and has to deal with a lot of what we're dealing with now in, in a large political yeah. situation in the country. So anyway, I'm going way off the deep end. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Are you trying to get us to do something differently? Oh, no, I was just saying call? you're, you know, you, you, you have an empathetic perspective. You're, you're looking for empathy. Oh, okay. Oh, empathy. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were saying they were being like, we need to go do this technical no, no, no. thing right now. Okay, no, no. good. Well, empathy is good because like a lot of... be doing empathy. Okay. Yes. Uh, nobody here was born like... Uh, well, to just use the, the, the term SJW, I mean, none of us came uh, into these uh, opinions by magic. You know, right. we're born into a shitty world full of horrible opinions. 
And a lot of us, you know, we live in New York. We probably have more access to sensible, like, left-wing or uh, left-leaning ideology than yeah, a lot of and other I feel, people. Also, I feel like we're of the age group where we still got a decent education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. In New York, like, I, I, and I'm not kidding. Like, I feel like my sister is five years younger than me, and she got a completely different and lesser, I feel, really? education than I did. You're talking about public school education, public not school college, education. right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it is just like understanding uh, history, being taught like proper history, and and uh, like so, just being able to dissect social issues, you know. And I right. feel like yeah. I have been a socialist since I was a kid. I remember without thinking, knowing what it was, without right? knowing what it was, but like like for selfish reasons, I remember like my first socialist thought was like, why do we have to? Have money for a Sega Genesis? Why can't I just <laughs> go and do so a selfish, cheap prick and, and a Sega Genesis? Like, but like, I was like, why can't everybody just trade things? You know, and have then your mom was like, "All right, Bernie, shut the fuck up. We're not buying it for you." <laughs> Listen, the top one percent control all the Sega Genesises, and we need to spread them out to the bottom ninety-nine percent. If a have, young, if a young boy wants to play Sonic, he should have the right to play Sonic. <laughs> I like how we went from like Bernie Sanders over to like eh, pretty rabbinical over here. <laughs> like, well, uh, really, every Jewish uh, uh, impression we do just goes back to Jackie Mason. Mason. Yeah, yeah, just ends up being Jackie. I think of Sonic as a very nice person, personally. There's nothing against him as a human being. Is he a human being? Uh, well, Jackie Mason's a terrible human being now. I right. Mean, yeah, well, that's another story. Look up his. He's still alive. Plan. Yeah. Jeez. He's just like in that. I think we talked about like he. Why I did you say how? I, why would be the better you know? If God actually exists, he, he said something. Some he criticized some uh, thing. I forgot. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> Is it a pro-Israel thing? Maybe yeah, yeah, or yeah. Trump. I I would say you know back on the question of like um, I, I'm reminded a little bit about like you know. Th- so we live in New York City. For those of you who are listening who, are not, who don't live in New York City, it's a wonderful place. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, but I, I, part of it's also, I think, um, I reminded about a year and a half ago, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who's a drummer in a band who's, who's done a ton of touring. And we were weirdly at some party out in New Jersey. And he was like, uh, well, I you know, met up with him just because he was in from out of town. So mm-hmm. he's like, you should come to this party with me. It's going to be weird. So we went to this party. Afterwards, he, was, he had met this kid who found out he's a drummer and he's like oh my gosh you're, you're you know you're this drummer you're you've been a hero of mine for a while and so he's a friendly guy he's talking to the kid and after a while the kid's like you know kind of running out of things to say but doesn't want the conversation mm-hmm. to end so just starts talking about whatever's on his mind and after a while the kid's like coming up with like yeah you know <laughs> just dissing dissing people around him you know just like lots of negative energy and like yeah this sucks and that sucks because he's trying to be cool mm-hmm. to this drummer you know this kid is obvious and every, it was like one of these like like personal situations where he knew everybody knew it's just like we just got to end this conversation but no one knew how to get out of it mm-hmm. my friend being very gracious found a way out of it and said thank you so anyway we were, we were driving and we were talking um on the way out and he's like yeah you know i'll be honest with you i grew up as like a kid in jersey like this guy right like this kid who's like you know this 22 or 23 year old guy and my friend's probably pushing 50 it's like i gotta tell you like i I really reflect on how, like how that could have been me. Just I have a really insular view, not a bad person, but just like, 
you know, your, your, your range of what you understand, your ownership over like who you are is as great as any of us, but your range of what you understand and what you've been experienced to is so, so slight because you just like, maybe you made it into New York three times, but other than that, you just grew up in Jersey and that's mm -hmm. your whole fucking world. And I'm like, so I said to her, I'm like, well, so, you know, what is it about you that's different? My friend is like, you know, I've gotten a chance to travel. I've gotten a chance to be in a band where we've fortunately been able to see all parts of the world. And I've been able to meet people where I just have to have conversations with folks. And I'm stuck in a room where I'm exposed to things that just do not square with that narrow, mm -hmm. like, thing that I've sort of constructed for myself. So I either need to deny what I've seen in front of myself. He said, I know a couple of people like this who just want to sit in the back of a tour van and just mm -hmm. like go like this, say, fuck the world. And mm -hmm. like, you know, just keep doing their thing and not have their mind open at all. But I think most people are like, oh shit. Like I talked to somebody today who was gay or who is Muslim, or I saw these like buildings that were built in, you know, the eighth century that blew mm -hmm. my fucking mind. Or like, you know, I've been to the Mekong Delta or like, you've just gotten a chance to see the world outside the sliver that has been presented to you. Mm -hmm. And you're forced to sort of like, be like, oh, maybe there's more than I understand. And once you see that enough, I think you begin to just sort of develop a like, there's always stuff out there I don't understand. Like yeah. your sense of humility grows. And I think you probably end up having sort of a, a richer life as a result of that. So in New York, we get a lot of that because we have like lots of neighbors who just mm -hmm. immediately present us with different perspectives than what we're normally used to seeing. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. We can still feel like we're in a bubble here. And that's why just getting out and like just experiencing life with an open mind probably like Absolutely. hopefully might, might make you, you know, get better politics but if nothing yeah. else just opens your mind but the extension to that is that you can also develop empathy for the people who may have ignorant views that you think are despicable absolutely because the you you know now that you may have been fortunate to live in a in a somewhere that you could acquire this good ideology right but that person lived in a bubble right i say hey there but for the grace of god it could have been me so i so i feel like those are people who can join our ranks like if there was some like coordinated effort to reach people like the guy that voted for Trump or whatever. Mm -hmm. There are people who voted for Trump because he hates Mexicans and Muslims. Right. They're just scumbags. Those that person is never going to change. There are other people who voted for Trump because, like you said, they're they have a very narrow definition of like what informs the way they think. So like that person could easily ha acquire that knowledge and become a good person. And it happens all the time. Like there's so many disavowed like Republicans that are now left wing. I just think we, we shouldn't dismiss that person in the trash. You know? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, we, we find out what's up with Jackie, with Jackie Mason. Uh, it was, <laughs> there, is a, there is audio of him skewering Bernie Sanders. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we talked about this. Yeah, Does he do a Bernie Sanders impression? Is my Jackie, man. like he really is that like is Who, that is no, that guy still alive? And I actually, yeah, I I love the I love the how as the as the follow up question that better than why <laughs> how like <laughs> like what 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 series of events happened in the universe that that is still a thing going on? Well, the hate preserves him. He's yeah. like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Does that bum you guys out as like funny Jewish people that like he's no. just like he sucks now? Like him I and, never thought he was that funny. He was more Woody of a, like a humorist more than a comedian. Uh -huh. I never even before I knew that he was like a like a, a, a Nazi. I just I never I never thought of him as that funny when he was doing innocuous stuff. You know, I just never bought it. He's just that. like a funny character to me. Just yeah. a reference of 
it's a comedian my parents know. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Or someone that Darren impersonates. <laughs> that makes me laugh. But it's, it's more like just what you said earlier. Like, there's so many jokes. Do we have to go to that? Well, Jackie Mason. There's so many Jewish comedians. <laughs> right. Does, that, right, right, right. Yeah. does he have to be the flagship Jewish comedian? <laughs> he was the first one, so. <laughs> the first there. comedian, period. Uh, yeah. I was with Moses in the bar the other day. <laughs> makes himself conscious and nervous. And he has to prove to himself and to the country that he doesn't favor Israel in any way. He's so determined to mm-hmm. do it that he'll tell any lie about Israel. So this is Jackie Mason talking, by the way, folks. Yeah, it's not Darren. The, the, yeah. <laughs> it's but not that good of an impression. We have better audio quality. <laughs> 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 Whoever this is, his Jackie Mason impression sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is proof that I don't favor Israel. The fact that I want every Israeli to drop dead what? as the payer. That's <laughs> For me to prove a point, does I think he's, he's saying what Bernie's saying. What Bernie's yeah. saying. No, I understand. Mind. Yeah. No matter if they all get wiped out, it's not my business. The main thing is that I'm not favoring Israel. The it, main it, thing is the most ironic thing in the world, in the world that the only time a president of the United States in the last 50 years ever attacked Israel and admitted that they that they uh, that they were. Have no respect or concern for Israel, and will distort and tell any lie to, to actually lie about them. All right, all right, we got it. It's yeah. really, it's just like your grandpa on Thanksgiving, and it's like, all right, grandpa. Uh, last week we asked if there was Mother's Day in Israel. Oh, An yeah. Israeli guy confirms to us, yes, there is. Oh, good. That's Thank it. goodness. And we get any uh, other voicemails? Or we emails? have a, we have another piece of hate mail. You can send us feedback for the show. If you're a Trump supporter, we've offended you. Hit us up, hate mail at metalinjection.net. This one is from Nick G. Hello, livecast. It's Nick from Virginia. Hey, Nick. Hi, Nick. Uh, I've been listening for about six-ish months now. Okay. I have a boring desk job, and I've been listening to the archives to stay sane. That's nice. He credentialed his listening there. I'm not doing it because I like enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think he's saying he has a lot of time in his hands, and we fill it. Okay. We fill a void in his heart. Uh, I heard a few things that I wanted to comment on. I want to mention this is something you can do. If you go back, listen to the archives, you have a comment, send it to us, hatemail at metalinjection.net. He says, thing number one, I caught an episode where Rob was talking about the Shake the Disease cover by The Faceless, Shake the Disease being a Depeche Mode song. And he said something to the effect that he'd been waiting for some good metal covers of Depeche Mode. I was wondering if you heard The Things You Said by Arsis. I think it's probably the best cross-genre cover possible between synth-pop and death metal. I'd assume he heard Everything Counts by In Flames. Yes, I heard Everything Counts by In Flames. It's good. Uh, The Things You Said by Arsis, I don't remember. I feel like we may have I guess we probably didn't play it. What's that? Do we know the things you said, like the, the original version of it? Do you want to hear, let's hear the original. Uh, refresher. So oh, is it by Depeche Mode? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. This, we're watching the video. It's like 25 seconds into it, and it's just them setting up in a gymnasium. It's like a live performance, you know, right. like the, the live video. This but is like, the low budget. <laughs> They're out of the budget on the album. It's this is one of those songs that uh, the guitarists. Oh god! I love it. Oh, that so goth. They didn't really look goth though. Hmm. They were just the fancy boys. So here's the Arsis. <laughs> if it looks- 
Oh, you can totally hear it. Watch. I'm into it. <laughs> well, they certainly made it their own, Darren. It is different, yes. It's an ongoing thing on our show. We criticize uh, covers that do not significantly... That it's just like a one-to-one... They don't improve on the original. Like, what's I, the point? I don't know, man. This is pretty by the books. Like, <laughs> like you turn it up a little bit. Like, it's just taking the Depeche Mode thing and just checking other boxes. It's like, take... Like, you could imagine all the Depeche Mode, like, Pro Tools tracks, like, all 16 of them, and just, like, <laughs> oh, like swap out this for double bass drums. <laughs> swap out, like, his, like, crooning voice with, like, a screaming, rah, 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 and then mm. double it up. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not enough of a musician to have known that, that, yeah. that you spotted that. That's I mean, it just, it just feels like it's, like, it, it's kind of one-for-one Ah, oh, interesting. You know, it's an interesting observation. What's a, what's one of your favorite cover songs? What do you do you like any? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, best cover song I've ever heard. Uh, immediately pops into mind is so you know the song "What Have You Done for Me Lately" by Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Did you ever hear Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings? No. It's it's like it's so much so much better than the original. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it like um, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it like you just can't believe like. It, it really feels like it has it's gone the other way. What's like, up, girl? Okay, this is terrible, right? I mean, it's whatever. It's it is what it it's is. It's this song yeah. exactly. It, it absolutely is what, what it, it is. is. No question mark there, <laughs> right? Okay, what's the cover? I wanted to get to some of the words. <laughs> oh yeah. I had a friend that was convinced that she was saying, "What have you done for me lately, Julio?" If, if Julio was the <laughs> yeah. was the coke dealer for the for the like, production yeah. team on this, it's actually not a bad question. <laughs> so, All right, here's the alphabet. I really like it. They rip into this bass line. It's just like holy shit. Almost there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Break it down. This is not, not even the same song. Oh yeah, well, here comes Sharon. She's just about to take care of It almost feels like the Janet Jackson version is the cover of this. Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. like it's the Andy Williams version. Yeah. It's like That's they it's so crazy. True. It's like they went back in time and placed yeah. this in like nineteen sixty nine so yes. that she could then uncover it later on. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing that happened with Tainted Love, you know, that the soft cell song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a cover of an old uh, Motown song. Which is way better, a million times better. I kinda like the paranoia of Tainted of the of Tainted Love. But the the, the biggest 
the the best example that I can think of, like generally shared, is Aretha Franklin covering Otis Redding, "Respect." Mm. So that's not like originally her song, yeah. but then like he apparently he, he heard it and was like, "She fucking took my song." Yeah. <laughs> like that was sometimes. no longer his. Um, anyway, so that that got us off uh, from one. from uh, what's his face yeah. here. Well, we got to wrap up, but I want to read. I want to finish this email. Thing number two, in episode four thirty four. Rob and Darren get into it about Android versus iPhone. Mm. Rob remarked that Android had no approval process for apps that get uploaded to their storefront. Mm -hmm. That's simply not true. Oh, shit. He says, I'm a programmer who has done Android development in the past. Loser. Until about 2015. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Get some apples in your uh, resume. He says, I can confirm, well, he's done Apple development as well. He says, I can confirm there is an automated process for Android that checks apps to make sure they don't violate the Play Store's terms of service. This would include uploading malicious code. The scan works similarly to antivirus software that it can reject suspicious code to be fixed and resubmitted. The reason that the Google Store allows for correction is in case permissions simply aren't being handled properly Mm. or some such benign mistake. The process is fully automated, unlike Apple. And he Mm -hmm. says it's a constant. It was a constant point of frustration for our office around Christmas time because Apple's team of people who verify their apps would close shop for about a month. How dare they? And if they wanted to get an app or a certain deadline. Uh, the next year, if they wanted to get an app by a certain deadline early the next year, they'd have to submit it. You get very emotional. They'd have to submit it for months <laughs> ahead of schedule. A very sore subject with Rob. Whereas Android approval process can take only hours. In case you can't tell, I'm obviously in favor of Android. Because yeah, it my, makes your job a little bit easier. It's not real practical purposes here. My intent is not to change your mind, but to clear the slander of Android's good name. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I, I'm glad to know that I honestly don't know much about Android. I've never really used Android, but I'm glad that it exists. I think competition is important. And I feel that in the span of the show, my level of Apple fanboyism has decreased. Oh, yeah. Incre- yeah. Like, I, I'm so frustrated with them now. Especially now that that dude left recently. Uh, pr- broke your heart. Johnny Ive, yes, their, their, head des- their head of design who was like, the best. And what's crazy is reading about how, like, Did he is he the one that designed designed the uh, suicide nets for the factories? <laughs> is that what the the <laughs> great thing he did? Ouch! Uh, <laughs> he might have had a had a hand <laughs> there in it. I'm go. sure. Uh, oh my God. Well, his uh, uh, taking a step down coincides with like all the things I hate about Apple because now they have more businessy guys and it's just they're getting businessy guys well instead of like, like let's be honest here get a life <laughs> as opposed to people in a design and, and industri- industrial uh, design type folks <laughs> it's more like anyway I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it it's just Apple is, is just as lame businessy now as any guys other thing. are but, bad but I'm so invested in the ecosystem that it would just it's like I can't get out. Too far gone. Yeah, I'm too far gone now to switch. Well, in what way are you invested? Just I've I have uh, an iMac, an iPhone. I you know like I have a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you just not? Can't you just get Android next time or whatever? Non you know get a PC. Like why are you why are you invested? Uh, Next time you get a computer, get. I don't want a PC. (laughs) I, I want a Mac, but I wish 
they it was better. It could be better than what it is. Well, wish in one hand, shit in the other. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to get better. You there know you go. Yeah. They should make retro versions. You get like a 1999 <laughs> iMac, but with like the processor the specs, today. Yeah, it would be nice. That's the thing is, is like. Why don't I, they do that? They can make so much money off of people yeah. like you doing that shit. There is a uh, underground community. Like There's that. like. Uh, you know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> uh, he <ended> Nerd. <laughs> They've got to be working on that. I mean, NES no. is putting out like NES Classic and all that shit. Like they, they're no. They they would they are not doing that. It's below them. Yeah, they want to make their shitty uh, specs like standardized. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. That's why they do that. You know, you have to have our headphones or whatever. You don't have to. No, uh, what's the just... what's the deal with the headphones? Do I have that wrong? No, the thing is, if you have all of their products, integrate much better with all their other products. So, like with the head, like with their Bluetooth headphones. Uh, they have like uh, it, it's much more seamless integration with the phones and the computer. Like mm-hmm. they automatically recognize it. You know what I mean? As opposed to other ones where you have to like go through the Bluetooth settings, etc. Oh, same thing. But uh, anyway, we don't have to boggle uh, this down. The talk. I want to thank Justin for sitting in on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Excellent guest. Always fun to come down. Yeah. Wonderful. Nice philosophical conversations. And uh, the new. EP Bible Songs One. It's out now. You can hear it for free. The link is on the page. Yep. Or you can go to SoundCloud to listen to it. And yep, feel free to download it. If somebody, you know, if you decide you like it, you can always buy it from us. But if you feel like it's not worth it, then just have it and listen to it. What a nice. And uh, are you guys playing any shows? Yeah. Uh, anything to promote? Uh, the, w- we just got back from doing a week um, in Europe with Sumac and oh, wow. Daniel Menchi. That was. Um, that was super fun, uh, and then so I think we'll so go check check him out in Europe last week. Yeah, well, I <laughs> go back which in time. which is a little which is a little bit of my, my way of saying when I say we just have like one or two shows coming up, sure, where we sure. just put a record out. It's like we're not being lazy. We're just we've been yeah. doing stuff. I'm just um, you're very selective. Yeah. So sure. so if if people want to like keep track and and fi- you know like once you announce a couple of shows here and there how like what's the best way of getting that information oh um uh you know uh i i guess i probably we have a web page which is austeritiprogram.com you can follow us on instagram if you go to the austerity program mm-hmm. it pretty soon now that the record's out we will go back to ignoring facebook mm-hmm. because gotcha. um um I, t- I just i'm not particularly it doesn't feel good to me. Uh, and But, you know, I always love getting email from people. So anyone who ever wants to email me anytime but at oh. infoautostaritiprogram.com, that has been, you know. Uh, we For the download, if you if you buy our record uh, and you open it up and you're like, oh, I want to get a digital copy of this, you have to email me. like Because I just like – part of the reason of doing this is to, like, get connections Connect. with people. Like, why put records out if you don't get a chance to sort of make individual connections with people? So, like, I... So, about twice a day, I get to say people, like, people, like, how do I get an email? Or how do I get the download? And I'm, like, I get to email people back. I'm, like, thanks for sending me something. Yeah. That's so, sweet. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, that's... Anyway, thank yeah. you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Are, are, there, is, are there big, uh, like, July 4th plans for the show? Are, are you guys, you going to go down and do, like, a live cast, like, at the... Uh, These two are going to Dallas. Yeah, Rob and I and uh, Mrs. 3D are going to uh, Dallas to see the New Japan show. Wrestling wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It's a historic, oh. historic thing. They're, it's a show that they do every year, but for this is, like, the 29th year, 
but it's the first time it's on U.S. soil. So wow, it's uh, on the Fourth of July. It's on the Fifth of July. Well, it's on uh, no, no, no. Like it's on Saturday, so that's okay. the sixth. Is okay. it? No, it was the fifth. Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure no. it's the fifth. Thursday's the fourth. <laughs> Friday's the fifth. Saturday's the sixth. I, but the I'm show I thought was on the fourth. The fifth. fifth. Oh, well, okay. I'll be there on the fifth. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to be babysitting Bobka and Bruno, and they're terrified of... Well, I guess Bruno not so much, but I hear Bobka's afraid of fireworks. Well, you're not so. babysitting oh, Bruno. Man. He lives with you. He's your dog. How are you well, babysitting Well, I'm going to be spending... I'm going to be watching him that night. Do you ha- are you going to sedate him? Like, are you doing the dog sedation thing? Bruno, I think, uh, because he's 14, he's lost his hearing. Okay. So, like, last year, I walked him in the park, and people were literally setting fireworks off next to him, and he was just, Jesus. like, not even affected by it what, slightly. So what did you do? Did you, like... Kicked them in the ass or anything? Like, what is? How do you let them torture your she dog? Stuck a though? Roman candle in Bruno's butt. Are you saying they like purposely went up to a dog? No, and a fu- no, oh, no. It just no, happened no. We to- were just in the right. park walking by a grass area where people were. Oh, okay. And all the other dogs were going insane, and people are looking at me like, "How do you get your dog to be so obedient?" He's, He's deaf. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and maybe they're He's also apathetic. contributing contributing to his deafness. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, no. He's just apathetic. Well, I got nothing going on. You got nothing going on. Oh, you want to hang out with me? I'm good. <laughs> what are you doing? Me? Oh, uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently, if you go to uh, like J- Jacob Reese Beach, so the uh-huh. beach that faces the the Rockaways. Uh, the Rockaways. Rob went there a couple weeks ago, and then after he left, somebody drowned. Yeah, the day I went, somebody drowned. Oh my! Life, it wasn't me curse. though. Yeah! Wow, that's well. It's crazy. Some of the, the waves there get really intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really. Intense. Yeah, yeah. No joke. No, it's. I yeah. feel like the lifeguards really should enforce. Like, hey, everyone, get the fuck out of the water right now. It's too. I, it's true. I mean, and I'm not. T- and like, I feel very bad for the person, but people die swimming. Like, it is. It can be a dangerous thing. Like, yeah. yeah so I think I think waves yeah. are no joke. And like, I love swimming. I'm confident in my ability to swim. Yep. But I've learned my lesson when uh, I was in Puerto Rico, like during hurricane season and uh-huh. these insane waves, and I got like. Picked up and body slammed by with like I've never felt in less control of my body and I was like wow all right I'm never gonna test yeah yeah mother no, nature again. yeah if you I will if, lose. if you can crawl up a beach away from that and look back hopefully you have learned a lesson yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. yeah there's people and there's the ocean and yeah, one yeah. of those is gonna win that's not yeah. people is much bigger than me. so anyway so apparently if you go out there you can see like fireworks happening like off of all the towns oh, that shoot them off cool. or something so yeah, it should be fun cool. check nice. it out yeah yeah all right well with that note thank you for tuning in. And uh, we will be back next week. Uh, I believe we have Zach Amico sitting around the show. Oh, yeah. shit. Ah, what a way to go. Please make sure to pick up some merch. Metalinjection.net slash livecast merch. All the money goes back into making this show lovely. You can follow us on Twitter, MI Livecast, or find us on Facebook. Take it away, George. <laughs>
three, two, one. Wait, no, okay, wait, wait. Stop making serious jokes, first of all. I'm too, um, 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 um